guys welcome to the texans 22 podcast we are celebrating a great win uh before we even talk about the win and i introduce my co-host i do have to ask you guys to support our sponsor bet us um bet us is uh, our current sponsor you can use a promo code texans 22 if you go to bet us and put in the the code you will get a 125 percent of, of your of your deposit as a bonus so help out the channel um and and make some money while you're at it uh go ahead and support bet us you'll be supporting the channel so with that out of the way um i have my co-host leo at, at leo is forgiven and josh at moco joe um guys a great victory down to the last second it was another heart attack um before i go on and on about josh let me let me uh let me get your opinions first. Overall, how do you? Why do you think we won? What What were the the keys to victory of how they actually won the game? It was just straight up guts, just guts, just staying in that shit until the you could finally kind of figure out a way to move the ball consistently and kind of just just commit to that run game. And it was just kind of everything we spoke about for the most part. Run the shell of the ball. Get side to side to side to side. Get their eyes moving. They they took a little bit time to kind of get into some of it. That first drive scared the shit out of you, but after that, man. Whew. All right, uh, Leo. Let me get your some of your basic thoughts about it. I mean, it kind of came down, and I was thinking about this like right before we uh, we talked about it, right? Like it was. Uh, we all kind of said similar things, but just differently. Like I know a large part of what centered around finding a way to run the ball. Uh, I know V's uh, main point was, um, you know, putting Singletary in me and Josh's kind of main point was just, you know, giving like using a lot more single back and just like run, like, you know, runs from just in, from passing looks. And, um, uh, the thing is, uh, I guess like we have to like Jay, the moderate Texan says, meet in the middle because that's kind of what ended up happening. You know, um, that's basically what happened. It, I mean, there was only, there was a couple plays where Beck was used as a fullback, but he was primarily used a lot or at least like probably over half of his snaps was at tight end. You know what I mean? So, you know, but yeah, so, so, you know, that's, that's kind of was the key. And then also, I mean, I, I mean, how about the run defense? I mean, holding Derrick Henry to like less than one yard of carry, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, that was some of the best run defense I've seen all year long against what against Derrick Henry, who's been murdering us for years. Um, even Tajay Spears, we he was less than three yards per carry. So I mean, um, here's the actual stats. Tajay Spears had 3.3 yards per carry. Derrick Henry had 16 carries, only had nine yards. 
about a half half yard per carry. That's even tough to say, right? Half yard per carry. But I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, rush defense definitely helped. I have to really talk about my man, Jonathan Gennard. And it feels weird saying that, so pause for me. But uh. I've been preaching, I've been preaching about Jonathan Gennard since 2021. And I think we're finally see, you know, after years of switching between di- different defensive coaches, switching p- between 3-4 and a 4-3, um, not having any sort of solidified a- anyone on the D-line. And I think some people thought that he would have a bad game be- without Will Anderson. And he showed up, two and a half sacks uh, today. Um, he is now tied with Micah Parsons and uh, with – not only 12 and a half sacks, but they both have 14 tackles for loss. So uh, Michael Parsons is now ranked at eighth, and Jonathan Gernard is now tied with Micah Parsons. Um, so to, for uh, listen, there were a lot of defensive wins, um, but I just need to stress that um, that that Jonathan Gernard definitely, definitely, in my opinion, uh, won me. You should win everyone over. But let's talk about the offense and and. Talk about like what went right, what went wrong. Case Keenum, he was 23 for 35, 63.8% completion rate, 229 yards, one TD, one interception. It's actually was a pick six. Um, in contrast to Will Levis, who was 17 for 26, 65% completion rate, 199 yards, one interception, and one rushing TD. So he didn't have a passing TD, but he did have a rushing TD. They both had interceptions, but Case Keenum's was a pick six. Um, anyone that watched the game realized that you, uh, Case Keenum should have had another interception, but uh, Dalton Schultz was a fucking monster and pulled it out of the DB's hands. So shout out to Dalton Schultz for being a beast. Um, and, and so that was that was a difference in in passing. And then in rushing, you know, where we're talking about it, Devin Singletary, 26 carries, 121 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. I'll just bring that big guy. We need to appreciate this man. Um, And he should have had really 160 yards and a touchdown, but it was pulled back because of a ticky-tacky holding call that, in my opinion, you could have done without. And that would have ended the game. We didn't have to worry about a field goal. We would have just had a Devin Singletary touchdown. That was a great breakaway um, run. So I'll stop babbling because I love Jonathan Gennard and I love Devin Singletary. No fucking pause. Leo, tell me, <laughs> what, what do you think about um, the performance by our third string quarterback compared to Will Levis, Devin Singletary, Jonathan Gennard, and other players that you want to call out? I mean, I feel like both both players, both QBs kind of, they, they both play well, you know what I'm saying, well enough to give their teams a chance to win. But, I mean, Case Keenum doing it as a backup with our targets out, you know what I'm saying? It, it was a great game for sure. Um, what, what else can I say, bro? Um, shit, I mean, what, Grenard. I mean, Grenard played a great game. You know, um, he did exactly what we needed to do. And I, I can't remember if we spoke too much about him in the pregame thing. But, bro, I mean, for him to have that game like and show up when we needed him to at the end of the game, um, I thought it was very, very um, – you know, very, very important, you know what I mean? And uh, regardless, like, regardless of who lined up in front of him, I mean, that's a, a developmental, like, late-round pick that was in front of him. But at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. You can't play down to your competition, and he didn't do that. Um, Christian Harris uh, played a really good game. You know what I'm saying? That shouldn't really be overlooked. 
brought a sense of physicality and he's kind of becoming like, I guess, like an enforcer over like the second level of the field, um, you know, which is a great thing. Yeah, um, we haven't had that. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time we had a linebacker that really came down, linebacker or safety that really, I guess you could kind of say Petrie, but shit, I mean, like Cushion, like damn near um, Swearinger. So, but yeah, man, I mean, that off the top, Stingley, Stingley came, I mean, had a crazy, mm. almost had another crazy like pick where he kind of baited the guy in the throwing the ball similar to the to the um, Russell Wilson pick. So, I mean, it's like you know, it's a lot of. Uh, I mean, hell, I mean Devin Singletary too. I mean, I, we could go down a list of all the guys that played great today. You know, I mean, Lermy Tunsil played great today. You know, what I mean, uh, Schultz. You know, Noah Brown redeeming himself. You know, mm. what I mean, very uh, very true. You know, what I'm saying it's uh, everybody. Uh, may like Singletary, another thing too, bro. Like, have 40 50 yards, uh, receiving also. So, yes, I mean, correct, what, what a right. great game, you know. What I mean, from him, you know, right? Right. So, if you're just talking about scrimmage yards, I mean, he's he is at 160 just from scrimmage on the ground, 121. Um, yeah. so we got after the quarterback seven times, the best game in terms of pass rush on the season. Desmond King, Derek Barnett, Jonathan Goddard with two and a half sacks, Malik Collins with one and a half. Uh, Khalil Davis, Josh, uh, I want to ask you now, this being one of our best pass rush games, how much is it based on their poor O-line and how much of it is it based on scheming from Dubico Ryans or is it just a combination of both? I think the biggest impact uh, of, other than Grenard, obviously playing probably the best game of his career was, was uh, Malik Collins probably playing his best game as a Texan, to be honest. I mean, he just took advantage over and over again. They they couldn't even double him at certain points. Like, they, they were just really just – he had them just spinning. And um, yeah. it didn't it didn't get to a point where all of us thought coming in, for the most part, that they would have to blitz, for the most part, to get pressure. And they were just running some complex games up front once in a while. But for the most part, it was just – Man on man, just kind of whooping their ass. I think one guy that really did a good job. He didn't get a ton of. He got one sack, but it wasn't a situation where you were thinking about him every play. Was uh, Derek Barnett played a really, really strong role today, and he allowed there to not have to be overcompensation in the run game, and even in the in the pass game, he kind of set up. It was kind of role reversal where kind of the, the way that Will Anderson set up a lot of games and a lot of stats for Grenard throughout the year, it was kind of flipped where Grenard was now pushing guys back and then uh, Grenard was able to get um, by the left tackle on a secondary rush where the initial rush, he kind of had him. Secondary, he was able to spin one extra time and get to there and kind of boost up the stats. Um, it, it's what you really look for when you look for a, a, a how do I say it's a, a group a group effort is not the right word but it's everyone worked together really in a succinct way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I wouldn't mind that it's a group effort because I think that's honestly true. I mean, we really did look uh, from defense standpoint. Um, it was really a team effort. I I will say this: one of the things that I kind of get a little bit annoyed at is when the defense does so well and the offense doesn't really pay them back, right? And and we saw that in the beginning where you know they were getting field goals. Thank God for Kami Fairbanas back. Um, but you know you know when you get a turnover or something and and 
you know, getting three is okay. So it wasn't like it was a possessionless, right? Uh, it wasn't like a wasted possession, but still like, I feel like when, when the defense balls out, the offense has to pay them back to keep that energy alive. And I think that one of the things that this, what we saw is that the defense played all four quarters. Um, we were able to win the time of possession. A large part of my opinion is because we were able to run the ball. So winning the time of possession meant that the defense did not have to be on the field for 40 freaking minutes, right? I, I think that's a big deal when you can actually keep the defense off the field and they played until their last, last minute. Um, let's just talk about special teams just for a moment because it was a big deal uh, today. Um, Kaimi had four out of four field goals. The game winner was 54. Um, looks like Josh has a little bit of an internet shoot. Don't worry, guys, he'll be back. Um, and so, so Cameron Johnson had six punts, uh, a total of 280 yards, 46.7 average. Three were in the 20 yards. I will say he had one of his worst punts of the year, um, in the, in the last fourth quarter. And it was probably the worst timing. Um, it, it they had the ball nearly at the 50 and I was kind of worried about that, but overall, um, even special teams, uh, was, was great. Um, and I and I had this up here, but I didn't mention it, so I wanted to bring this up. We only allowed DeAndre Hopkins to have twenty yard, twenty one yards. Derrick Henry, even in the receiving game, was pretty much worthless. Had he had four catches for a yard. Traylon Burks was the only one that really stood out. Um, three catches, sixty two yards, uh, and and so we were able to actually do well. Now, did we get burned sometimes? Sure, every DB gets burned. Stephen Nelson, I I had some tweets. Um, you know, about him and, and us getting burnt, but we had some major players from Derek Stingley, Steven Nelson, Jalen Petrie. I mean, pretty much everyone, Jimmy Wood got hurt early, early on. Um, so he really didn't have too much of an impact um, as far as DB. Desmond King made plays. Um, Leo, I want to ask you, what do you think of our secondary right now? I know we didn't have Jimmy Ward out there, but how would you, I mean, if you, if you were going to rate our secondary, who, how would you rate it? I mean, I still think that we have to upgrade um, the other cornerback and and slot, really. Um, I mean, however they do it, you know, whether or not we do bring uh, Tavi back or, like, I do think that we're kind of due for, like, a little bit of added athleticism, you know what I'm saying, particularly like over King and um, another, another corner that you feel comfortable um, with over, you know, anyone, you know, I mean, over Nelson, right? But but I think that as of right now, like, you know, he played a good game today, so I can't really say too much about him, you know? He actually got my hot take right. Remember, I had the hot take that he was going to uh, – Oh, yeah, get an interception. Yeah, yeah right. and he, 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 he proved me right, you know what I mean? So, you know, Levis definitely forced it there, but, hey, fuck it. I mean, I'll take it, you know. I definitely enjoyed that. But, uh, um, I mean – yeah, so it's good. It was fine. You know, uh, I think that even with Jimmy Ward at this point, if we're going to play this much cover three, if we're going to stack these the box like this, like, you're going to have to – I mean, we can't have our deep safety going, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out, game here, game there, game here, game there. Like, right. I think we have to – like, there's – I mean, you almost have to consider adding um, three three different uh, – three different um, – DBs, you know, now, 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 I mean, over the next two years, I'm not saying that that happens in one off season, but it, we're in a good, we're, we're in a place that's good for right now, but I think in the long run, it has to get better. 
You know what I mean? We yeah. played we played a, a, a pretty bad passing offense today in that, like, you know, outside of Hopkins or what's left of Hopkins, I know people try to act like it's the same guy. It's not the same guy. There's right. not that many options downfield. So I don't let this game change how I feel, but they play good, you know, and all you could do, like I said before, is just handle the matchup. You play 17 regular season games, every one of those teams isn't going to be a playoff team. You know what I mean? So did good enough to win the day. You know, okay. Um, so talking about the receiving, because I'm seeing in the comments that you know Noah Brown, you need to talk about him. So he had two games where he had a goose egg. I, I, I thought he could come back. I didn't know he was going to have 80 yards. I actually, um, I didn't think any any receiver was going to have 100 yards. I think I said that in the pregame, but I thought that uh, Brevin Jordan really and Xavier Hutchison were going to really be the standouts. Turns out, nope, that was Noah Brown. Noah Brown had 11 targets, eight catches, 82 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz had five targets, four catches, 58 yards. And again, you got to shout out to Dalton Schultz for preventing that interception. That was a game ender. If, if, um, if Schultz didn't do that, that's, that was huge. Um, so you got to give it to him. Robert Woods, although the stat line doesn't show up because he had, um, only you know he had five targets for three catches and thirty yards. He made a clutch catch on a on third down in the fourth quarter. So you know even though the stat line only shows thirty yards in the moments that mattered, those catches really mattered. Xavier Hutchison again, the stat line doesn't show it. Three targets, zero catches. Two of them were DPI calls, and um, you know you can't blame him when a dude is literally tackling him before he can even get to the ball. So um, I forget which DB it was on, but it was twice. And he was just literally just playing dirty as hell. Like, how are you tackling a receiver before the ball even gets there? I don't get it. That's not Xavier Hutchison's fault. So those were good DPI calls. Um, Andrew Beck, who I think most of us at this point, well, most of three of us here. So it's not like there's time, <laughs> but, but all three of us has have criticized Beck. Um, and he's he had uh, one target for negative five yards, uh, one target for one catch. For negative five yards, he's obviously not uh, a real threat at all. He's not the best blocker. He's an okay blocker. Um, I think Leo, you've been proven right about saying that Beck shouldn't be out there as much, and then you should use more eleven personnel. I mean, you've got to feel vindicated about that. Uh, you know what? What you've been talking about when it comes to personnel groupings, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and um, and we all were right. You know, I'm not gonna take a, the victory lap that 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 much of a victory lap. But you know, like you know, uh, um, it, it's just like this, bro. Like, if you go into those heavy sets, you're replacing a receiver with the fullback. That means that there's gonna be added pressure on the receivers to get open and on the tight end to get open. And when you don't have that, you know, what I'm saying when there's and you're not getting explosive plays in the run game. You're not able to consistently run the ball. It's like you're consistently handicapping yourself. And at, today, man, today, like, I think we all saw it, and we saw it in the Bengals game. Um, we can run the ball and be the aggressors. We can be the more physical team on the field from these sets. You know what I'm saying? We can't go into to 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 these heavy sets and bully the other team's most, you know, ferocious or, like, most – packages that are, are that are, are geared to stop the run but we can go into this set and run the ball and then have our play action game bounce off of that and then we still have a lot of times even in the past game we still have a decent amount of 
options to get to to you know have success in the past game. So like to me, it's like I think that we should kind of start making that move. It's it's not like obviously I I love heavy formations, but it, you know mm. it is what it is. I think that like um we kind of just have to move into into playing like this because then we're able to run the ball and then like it's a whole nother element of our offense that you're able to see when we play like this. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. You know? No, I, I mean, listen, I agree. I mean, I think that us changing formations allowed us to run better. I think Singletary definitely. All right. I, before I say this, you know what? I should really suggest um, to start this segment because you know what segment we're, we're going to do. I gotta give the game ball to, uh, to, uh, uh, to Devin Singletary. Now, listen, that's a tough decision because you kind of want. I kind of want to give it to Jonathan Gennard because he made some big time sacks, and I'm not just talking about a sack that doesn't matter. We're talking sacks that stop drives cold. So that was a hard decision for me, whether it's going to be Devin Singletary. Um, or Jonathan Gennard, but I got to give it to Devin Singletary because I think that him running as hard as he did uh, allowed us to win time of possession, like I said, and that allowed the defense to stay strong up until the fourth quarter, which we absolutely needed, not just in the fourth quarter, but into overtime, right? We need the defense to play all the way into overtime, and him carrying the ball allowed the defense to stay off and be able to actually win the game. Um, Leo, who would you give the game ball to? Uh, it's hard, man. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you got to give it to Singletary, but like, you know, honorable mention, um, honorable mention, you got to give it to Grenard, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think Singletary, because I mean, he, he represented like over half of our offensive output, right? You know, right. Basically, I mean, I mean, pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so we had 190 passing yards and a total of 338 yards on offense. So we had, so, uh, so we had, we had 340 total yards, and of yeah. that, he had like 170 of them, right? It was, it was, it was not close. It's not 50 50, but it's damn near close. Yeah, it's a lot, so, you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. Um, and and yeah, I mean, like, of course, like out of the 190 passing yards. Uh, 50 of it was his, and then the rushing. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Man, bro. I mean, it, it, I mean, uh, one man offense. I mean, I'm not saying that because there were definitely some clutch throws made. Um, um, Josh, let me know who you think you would give the game ball to. Yeah, for me, I mean, this was probably his best game of his career in terms of playing the run, and it was Christian Harris. I think he okay. he brought an element that made you almost forget about Cashman in the run game, he was able to rally to the ball in the same way Cashman does. He was, he was even points where Derek Henry kind of got up and looked at him like, what the hell has gotten into you young fellow kind of thing. <laughs> you know, he, he would keep, he was smacking him a couple of times. They didn't, he kind of shut down the outside passing game to the running backs that the Titans lean on getting the ball into basically their two best playmakers and Spears and Henry. He was solid in coverage. Um, yeah, I, that, for me, that's – I mean, obviously, you could go Noah Brown. You could go, uh, like you guys said, Grenard and Stingley. I mean, Stingley. Uh, Grenard and uh, Singletary. Um, Singletary, you're in. there's the kicker, too. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going is Harris is, is kind of the guy that kind of shocked me and kind of deserves the, 
most credit from where you're usually used to him impacting the game. Yeah. I, I think what's I think what's so great about this game, and um, you know, moderate said this, and I want to highlight this again because um, Jay Williams, uh, who is a moderate Texan, said the biggest thing from this game is we found a way to win, which not only mm-hmm. keeps us in the hunt but also proves we can still perform without our top talent. And the reason why I think that's such a big deal and what you're seeing here when we ask the question who you give the game ball to is it's not easy. It's not like, oh, it definitely goes to to this person or this person. I mean, Denzel Perryman had a good game. Christian Harris had a good game. Desmond King had a good game. Um, you know, Kaime Fairbairn had a good game. Grenard. I mean, like, there are were so many – Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley. There's so many playmakers. Even Petrie, who people um, were complaining about all year, had two very big plays. So, like, you had lots and lots of individual players that stepped up and said, hey, we're down a bunch of big weapons. It's up to us to keep the Texans in playoff contention. And that is something that I think we should be very, very happy about because we didn't have a quarterback. We didn't have a premier pass rusher. We, we didn't have a lot of guys. We didn't have our two top receiving threats, um, you know, and, and we were still able to come out with the dub. Now, was it still a heart attack win? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was standing in front of the TV, um, literally like glued. Right. And, and so of course this is not a, you know, wasn't a blowout victory. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think when we talked about predictions, I said it was 24-21, which I believe, Josh, you came up with the numbers, but I was just saying it was switched because I did think that we'd pull out the win. And I will say this. I didn't think we would win with Davis Mills. When 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 Davis Mills was going to be the starter, I definitely did not have faith that we would win. I thought that Case Keenum would ball out a little more. Um, did he have the game that I expected? I mean, stat line, not really. But did he make some clutch throws? Yeah. I mean – Listen, it's I you still even though he he didn't have, you know, three touchdowns or anything, but it still takes effort to get past the 50 and get us into field goal range. And he obviously did that four times, Um, you know, so we we are we did go up against a Tennessee defense that also is pretty decent. Now, I understand their secondary isn't great, but their front seven is strong. And he was able to. He was able to withstand that. So um, I have to ask you now that we've seen the result of this game. Um, I'll start with you, Leo. Do you think it was the right decision to start Case over Davis, or do you think that Davis would have had a better game? I mean, again, with the the weird questions, B. I mean, what the fuck, bro? Like, I'm not about to... Twitter. Like, I mean, bro, we started. He started, and we won the game. Like, yeah, yeah, bro. Like, we made the right decision. Like, you know. That was, I mean, I mean, congrats to D'Amico, you know, uh, for, for, for doing that. You know, I, I don't know. Could we have won this game with Davis? I mean, fuck it. I'm going to say, yeah. Fuck it. We could have okay. won with Davis, you know. We could have won with any goddamn quarterback on our roster, bro. So, when we can run the ball like that, I think I think we could have beat, you know, damn near anybody with anybody, with any quarterback we had. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to just go ahead and fucking say, yeah, because why, why not, you know. Honestly, I actually agree with you there. When you're running the ball as well as we did with 150 yards, you're right. We probably could have won with Davis most because, I mean, you're not asking him to throw 40 or 50 times, right? So you're asking him to throw in, you know, a limited amount of time. Could he have made those clutch throws? Uh, well, we, we don't know. Uh, I guess we'll we'll never know. But I I, I think I... I, I lean towards you being correct that we probably could have won with Davis Mills because of how effective 
that we ran the ball. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I I kind of – the first thing that comes to mind is, man, there there were quite a few throws that he he was bailed off, bailed out in uh, <laughs> that I don't think Davis Mills probably risks it. For example, that Schultz play, there probably should have been a pick. There were, there were a ton of – for a guy that we really thought coming in was going to protect the ball, he really kind of – hung it out there and really kind of made you real, real nervous for quite a, <laughs> quite a few times. I kind of, I kind of feel like he, we would have been in a similar situation with Davis Mills, but I also think there's certain plays that Mills might not have uh, taken a risk on that those 50, 50 balls that ended up being catches that kind of pushed it over the edge when it was kind of, kind of stuck in that deadlock and there wasn't quite that forward push. And they kept on being like, Oh, great punt. Uh, not quite field goal range, great punt, not quite field goal range, back and forth kind of thing. So, yeah, I kind of side with y'all. Yeah. Um, and all right. So, this is the halftime of the show. And I know I did this in the pregame, but now that we won, I really got to tell you this to you all, you fuck Titans fans. <laughs> Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, so uh, the <laughs> Titans, the the Titans are, are are obviously not really in playoff contention more. I think they've actually been have they been officially eliminated? I know I saw. A graphic. Yeah, they, I they got officially. I think it's so. Officially, so, yeah. so I officially could say go fuck yourself, not just say go fuck yourself. Uh, YouTube is gonna love me saying this so many times, but uh, but <laughs> yes, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, it was a good one, and I and I and I do agree with Jay saying this, right? Like. And I agree with you, Leo, saying this. We could have won probably with any quarterback on the roster. You ran, we ran the ball well. Uh, we ran, we we won without our two top receiving weapons. Again, like I said, this is this is how you need to be when you're a team next man up. This is one of the reasons why Bill's actually praised, right? Because this happens to him time and time again. He loses his quarterback, he he loses defensive weapons, and he somehow gets into the playoffs all the time. Um, I think. A lot of people said that if we win this game, it's on D'Amico. If we lose this game, it's on D'Amico. Uh, Leo, I'll start with you. Do you think that this win is on D'Amico? Well, I mean, you, you kind of have to – he's a head coach, so you have to give him a, a fuckload of credit. You know what I mean? Um, he, he held a guy that was – you know, obviously, like to me, Derrick Henry isn't the same running back. You know, he's, he's definitely – not as explosive as he was two years ago or even maybe less. Or I mean, you know, he's old now, older now. But um you I mean, we I think we had done something that hadn't been done before this year, which was held him to under one yard of carry. <laughs> so you have to give D'Amico credit for that. To me, um it just goes back to Slowick, you know. I have to give Slowick the credit because, you know, Every week, the past few weeks since we've been having this podcast, if you listen to me and Josh's videos, we talk, we we consistently talk about, you know, Slowick and that like he has these moments of brilliance, and you know that it's in there. Like you know that he has, um, you know, he. I feel like he can be an elite play caller, an elite offense designer, and all that. But the thing is, is that they have had this kind of you know, uh, you know, deep yearning, as I call it, to, to use, you know, a fullback, you know, despite seeing success, uh, most of, well, 
all generally most all of the damn success being 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 from our offense, not with the fullback on the field, right? Or or you know, it, out of passing looks, and it's been that way, running and passing the ball pretty much. So, I mean, to me, like for them to not like, and this is all we were talking about this in the pre pregame. It's like for them to and hell, even after after air, you know, on last week's, like we talked about ten minutes about this, you know. Um, today was a monumental day because he chose to do something that 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 he that we hadn't done like like and it wasn't forced on us because of injuries this is what they chose to do they had a game plan and they went in and they executed it and it was something that um you know it, it wasn't their first call to do you know what i mean so to me i i have to give more credit to slower than D'Amico. You know, okay. because, you know, I know if you look at the output, we only scored 19 points, but the game is so much deeper than, you know, the end of the game, points, totals, and all that. Like like you said, giving our, giving our defense a chance to, to stay rested, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, we won time of possession by, like, three minutes. You know, we went, we ran, like, 10, 10 more plays than they did. You know what I mean? So. Right. Josh, give me your thoughts. What do you think? Is this on D'Amico, or do you feel like – um, Leo, that Sloak should get more of the credit. I think when you look at the difficulty of the uh, of the task at hand, Slovak kind of had a higher, had a steeper hill to climb, and kind of had a, a narrower path to victory. He did a great job of scheming stuff up, not being too stubborn with previous uh, iterations of the offense. Um, but I also think this game was. Like, when you look back and you look at the plays that were given up in the past game and the few ones, there were very few, if any, where you were like, okay, this is a cut where they were in a bad coverage here and the, they got, got out-schemed and there was a wide-open guy. Most of these plays that were made were, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Chris Moore jumping over uh, Desmond King or, you know, you know, shit like that happening where it was like 50-50 balls that were just made purely off of uh, uh, talent and 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 want to kind of thing. Um, defensively, they they just the players stepped up and kind of did their thing. I don't really see anything exotic or new from D'Amico. I think he just overall if he coached his ass off just throughout the year. He's done this and he's gotten better and better in the run game. And this is his best performance as a as a as a run as a run game co- defensive coordinator. Um, but I, I, I definitely see where Leo's coming up. I think I, I think this was probably one of, if not, this is weird to say because it was such a, a kind of an ugly game, but this is, this is one of Slovak's best performances so far this year, if not best. I, I don't disagree with you in saying that it's one of his best performances. I think that the fact that he knew what he was going into, right? You don't have your star mm-hmm. quarterback. You don't have your star weapons. You know that that you have a back that can actually take care of business using him effectively. Potentially the only thing you could kind of complain about was in the fourth quarter when he started throwing more. And I understand, I can kind of understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to finish off the game, ice out the game, prevent going into overtime. Um, but it wasn't working um, particularly because, you know, the pass rush was really heavy. The line, the line was okay, but not great. I mean, we gave up four sacks, they gave up seven. So, you know, obviously our line had looked better than they did. 
Um, two of the sacks happened late in, in the fourth quarter on that drive that that potentially could have iced out the game. So, you know, I don't know if you could even say that all four sacks are equal. I think the last two kind of on that drive kind of separate, you know, the rest. Um, basically, what I'm saying is that he knew what was happening and he knew what was going to happen. And and he did a great job. And then it kind of said, you know, what? I think I want to ice it out. Let's stay away from the run. And I think that he could have, I understand why, but I think he still could have stayed with the run. I will say that I'm going to give the, I, I'm going to give more effort to uh, D'Amico or, or, or side with more, uh, more on the side D'Amico. And that's because I think that the defense balled out from very, very beginning till the till the end of the game and i think that you know you blitz a little bit more as well you're using the right personnel you're coach and, and like leo said you, you know you coached your ass off you had plays being made on the front seven and and the secondary i think i have to give this to D'Amico because i also have to say that the decision to use case also played into this as well i, I mean you know you don't win you don't as D'Amico says this, you don't win your games on sunday you win it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when you're prepping and and you're looking at film and and deciding what you have to do. And I think they realize, hey, Levis is a good quarterback, and when you give him time in the pocket, he can kill you. And and so they try to disrupt him. And we saw when initially we didn't put in a lot of pressure at all on him, and he was carving us up. And the minute that we put pressure on him, he started struggling. And I think. And I think there were some adjustments there. And I think that overall, D'Amico did a great job. And I listen, I'm not hating on Bobby. I think I'm a very big Bobby Sloic fan, but I'm going to say that on this one, um, D'Amico was the ball. Um, so uh, definitely got to give a shout out to D'Amico here. Um, so a, a few other things before we close up, because I think we talked about a lot of things. We've got to talk about the playoff chances now, because um, that is definitely what, you know, what are we doing this for? We're doing this the for playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. So here's the current playoff chance. The Texans are currently the eighth seed um, in order. It's Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Jaguars, Browns. Bengals, Colts, and Texans. According to the New York Times simulator, we have a 58% chance of reaching the playoffs. If we lose to the Browns, but win against the Titans again and the Colts, we have a 97% chance of making the playoffs. So we could still lose one more game here and and, and get to the playoffs. So essentially, we need a 10-7 record to make the playoffs. However, if we lose to the Browns and any other game after that, if we lose, basically we lose two games, we're done. Uh, uh, chances go down to eighteen to twenty percent. Um, the interesting thing is that the Cowboys and the 49ers are the only teams that have clinched uh, a playoff spot in the NFL. Everything else is up for grabs right now, which is insane. No one in the AFC has clinched a spot. Um, and so right now you have the Jags, the Colts, and the Texans all vying with very close to the same. Right, right now we. It's the same record. We'll see what happens with the Jags. I think the Ravens are going to beat the Jags. And then you have all three of us with the same 8-6 record. I mean, this is insane. Um, I got to ask, I'll ask this first for you, Leo. Leo, is there a chance that we have three AFC South teams going into the playoffs? Uh, I mean, possibly. Uh, and it's crazy because this was supposed to be the most asked division in football up until now. And I guess technically it was. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, going, I guess, last year. But you know, um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Uh, it just comes down to what the Colts do between now and then. You know what I mean? But it's possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that we got to handle our business. Tennessee got a little bit more banged up today, and, you know, we should be more healthy when we play in the second time. Um, this this Browns game is a complete uh, – this Browns game is a complete toss-up to me. Um, mm. They've played so well, you know what I mean, throughout the last week or two. Um, I mean, they've played so well this whole year, you know. Um, right. And, uh, you know, they find a way to move the ball on offense. They, I mean, I think Kevin Stefanski is doing a great job. And obviously, like, Jim Schwartz is doing a great job. So, that's going to be a tough game. But, I mean, yeah, I, like, it. it's not crazy to think that we sweep the Titans this year. And then, um, you know, hopefully Stroud comes back, you know, in one piece. You know, hopefully that our line can stay as healthy as it is right now. And, um, I mean, who else? Like, Nico Collins can come back. Uh, you know, Will Anderson, you know, how, you know, I know ankles are a tricky thing, especially high ankle sprains. But, you know, if he comes back, um, I mean, Cashman, uh, Cashman has a hammy. Yeah, he's out for at least another week. It, okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, Perriman, you know, uh, I, I think, I think that we'll be fine against the Titans and, um, you know, we'll see what happens against the, the the Colts last game because they do have, you know, guys that win over the middle of the field. So, but and they're I, fairly healthy for the most part, too. Yeah, they've, they've had yeah. a, yeah. You know, Jonathan Taylor's hurt, I know, but for the most part, they've been pretty healthy. And I mean, yeah, their, their line has been great. You know, uh, they had a lot of health. They've been fairly healthy on the line, right? I know they have a rookie starting at right tackle. and Well, Fries and Raymond is playing now, I think. But, uh, you know, they've been – yeah, they've been healthy. Uh, so, it's possible, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I, a lot of Texans fans were saying early on that they think – that the that the Colts were the harder game than the Browns, and I said I don't know how you're saying that the Browns defense is just insane. Um, but I think I think I dismissed the Colts. I mean, I had the Colts being in third place in the in the offseason. I had it being Jags, Texans, Colts. So that's the way I that that I saw, and and so it wasn't like I saw them as bottom feeders or anything. But um, I definitely didn't see them being in playoff contention. Um, I also didn't think that AR would get hurt very very soon and i thought that he'd have a bunch to learn but they have mincho who mincho who's a vet and obviously doesn't need to learn as much as you know obviously AR. so those things were different but that being said i think i have to say that i dismissed the coast a little too early on because obviously the record kind of speaks for for themselves and the thing is they blew us out in, in the second week now we weren't ready on defense we obviously weren't ready on offense. We have to win against the Colts. That's that's like a that's it's a must-win game. Um, so the Browns game, which is interesting, is that the Bears were about to beat the Browns today. It was until late in the game, about the fourth quarter, I believe, where the Browns came out with the dub, and the Bears were really doing well. So I don't know. I I, I honestly think that if we pull out our crazy offense that we can win against the Browns. And I think that everyone's saying, Hey, uh, V, I think the Colts are the biggest, bigger threat. I think they're right. I, I think the Colts are the bigger threat. That's, that's our challenge. The, what's stopping us to, to make the playoffs, in my opinion, are the Colts at this point. Um, uh, uh, let me ask you, uh, Josh, 
do you think there's still a chance that we could win the division, or is that completely over with? It's one game, right? So, I mean, the thing <laughs> is, you're going in. You're go. It's anything can happen. You. Fl- I mean, I guess it's technically two because they're. Well, I guess it's one. It they split two games. So. Yeah, it's possible because all three of these games are very winnable. But, I mean, you look at the Browns game, you're facing an opponent that has an, a, has probably the best unit that you're going to play possibly all year in their defense. The Colts team just doesn't make mistakes. And then this Titans game, the other it should be a win, right? That's it's, yeah. But, I mean, the other thing that we haven't seen yet and we still has to be like the last real check mark for this coaching staff is have they, how do they play teams when they face them before? You know, how do they adjust? How do other teams adjust and how do they counter those adjustments? You know? So this is kind of, these next few games are going to be other than the Browns game are going to tell us a lot about um, the visions still there though. I mean, it's with how Jacksonville plays, who who really knows they're kind of up and down and they play well. And then they, you know, Lawrence is Lawrence could spontaneously combust with how they block. So who knows? I mean, it's still to me, it's wide open still. Leo, what say you? I mean, according to the New York simulator, the the Jaguars have a 77% chance of winning the division. Um, obviously yeah. giving us very little little chances. So what do you think about our chances of actually winning the division? Well, while y'all were talking, I just pulled up their last four games. And they've gotten relatively easier with, I mean, the Titans. And I, I think Levis being out is obviously a big deal. And um, their run defense isn't the same without – I feel like there's kind of no real reason since, they're, uh, since they've been mathematically eliminated. There's no real reason to put Simmons back on the field. So mm. that game is going to be an easy game to end the year, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um Everybody that's on two-year contracts at this point that they have any thought of bringing back to me, just you. I mean, you know, unless they really want to play, like I kind of think you just got to start thinking about next year. You know, um, they've had they've been decimated by injuries, so that's why I think that game should be less competitive than I thought. I mean, at least going into this game that we just played. Um, but before that, they have the shitty ass Panthers. They have the Buccaneers who have been, you know, I mean, on any given day, they play like a playoff team. And then on some days they don't. And then tonight they are going to play the Ravens, which is going to be an ultra physical game. We know that the Jaguars, you know, they're not, at least on offense, they're not the most physical team. So it's kind of like how healthy do they make it out of this game? You know, if, you know, I I don't want I don't wish injury on any team like, you know, but you know, it's it's just the fact of the game. Like this is going to be a very physical game. You know, despite coming out with a win, do they finish healthy because like if they finish like if let's say like if they lose Ridley, you know what I'm saying? Um then you kind of have to base that whole offense around uh uh really an outside running team and Evan Ingram, really. And Zay Jones. Like that makes any one of those games just as losable as it, because like, you know, every game after that, like they can lose to the Panthers, bro. If if they lose Ridley or something, and you know, and and um, 
you know, or or Lawrence. I mean, God forbid Lawrence gets hurt, you know, or I mean, or even ATN, right? So, I mean, and then on defense, I mean, Josh Allen or Walker gets hurt, that changes the defense, you know what I mean? So, right. I think like it's at this point in the year, bro. It's just about staying healthy because a lot of teams are already into their depth. You know what I mean? So, um, with them and them being one of the teams, like you know, like they lost Christian Kirk, who damn near probably was a lead. They lead in, they lead in a you know target, you know getter or whatever the fuck. So, it, it's it's there's there's like it's seventy seven percent, you know. And, and the the fact is is that once shit starts going wrong. That uh 23% chance that it is right now just gets bigger and bigger, and bigger. So, like the truth is, is that like I think Josh said, we're about one game behind them. But you know what I'm saying? That one all you really need is a chance, you know? Right. And right. And, and, and and it's a lot of football to be played because things happen, things can change a season like at the snap of a finger, you know. I mean, bro, li- li- I mean, not to talk on and on and on but i mean um like like our our season changed when tank dell broke his leg you know you know what i'm saying things like that can happen at any given moment and it's just right. a season changing injury you know what i mean so true we'll see um i, I agree uh guys i want to ask you all to subscribe to our youtube channel uh, if you, you can either click on any of our profiles, the link is there. Um, if you have trouble finding it, cause we're still trying to get searchable, you know, we're only out for two weeks. Um, it is at Houston Texans 22. That's the actual channel name. Or if you go to, you can go in my bio, which is at Brown Shepherd Bear on Twitter, click the link and you can subscribe that way. Uh, make sure that you subscribe. We have multiple shows. You're watching right now the Game Recap Show. We had a preview show earlier today. On Tuesday, we have John Crumpler coming up. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. One of the questions that I'm going to pose to him is, why is this the year of the backup quarterbacks? All cool topics to discuss uh, coming up this Tuesday. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Josh and Leo host The Run Game. They have put out episodes about Will Anderson, Nico Collins, future weapons for C.J. Stroud. Um, and more coming soon. So there's a lot of good things coming up on Texas 22. And if you haven't already, check out the website. Uh, the website went live this morning. You can learn more about the host. You can learn more about Josh, Leo, and myself. If you want to learn how we became Texans fans and why we do what we do, you can learn about all the shows. And if you're an advertiser, you can also learn about advertising. So check that out. Until next time, guys, I got to say, just remember, Texans 22 always has your back. Texans 22, breaking it down. Podcast got the city vibing to the sound. Special guests dropping out, it's so true. Texans fam, this one's for you.